Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey, loyal listeners. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I've been involved in software development for more than 25 years. I've started companies, led companies, and worked for companies, doing many different things. I'm honored to be considered a leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem, and I give back as much and as often as I can. When I'm not working or podcasting, you'll find me pursuing my passions of photography, crypto investing, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Zach Novak. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast. Today, my guest is Zach Novak. Now, Zach uh, has a background education in business and chemical engineering, but he's pivoted his career a couple of times, and he's currently uh, involved in community. Zach, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Al. Happy to be here. So, Zach, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself? You've had sort of an all-over-the-place kind of uh, history in your career. Can you maybe tell us, you know, where you grew up and what kind of got you into university as business and chemical engineering, and then how you did some of the stuff that you've done since then? Yeah, happy to. I have a a colleague, new colleague, because I just started a new job, and he says his career is like rolling a 20-sided dice every two years he rolls it again. And I'm like, maybe I'm at like a four-sided dice. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was born just outside Toronto, but I moved here when I was very young, six months, and I grew up in Calgary. And uh, when I was in high school, I was like, I want to do business school and I want to do it at UBC. And my parents, they were small business owners. Uh, and I kind of had that path. And then my guidance counselor was like, hey, you should check out the school out east called Western and they have this business school called Ivy and you can do this dual degree program in business and engineering. And I thought at the time, if I took a business degree and a chemical engineering degree, that would make me the most employable as possible in the Calgary ecosystem. So I graduated high school in 2007. Uh, It was before the financial crisis, but the energy industry was pretty, it was humming at the time. Um, and then I always knew I was going to lean into the business direction, um, but I thought it was kind of cool to do both. I was strong in the maths and sciences um, in high school, and I kind of just carried that way through. And what happened when I got to business school is I went to the school called Ivy, and it's a little bit prestigious, which I always like to say I just went to Western. But there's a ma- massive pu- push for people to get into investment banking and management consulting. And a lot of people do end up in New York, in Toronto. Uh, but I knew I wanted to come back, um, mostly because I missed the mountains and I missed some of my friends. And I decided to join the investment banking community in Calgary. And one thing I'll add, which is a little less on the career focus, is a lot of my engineering friends, which was my core group at Western, moved to Calgary. Uh, given the engineering opportunities here. So I was really fortunate that I had a strong group of friends from my raising and from my university, and I got to kind of combine them. So that was kind of a really special experience as well. So I did investment banking for six years. I worked at three different investment banks. 
So I've also swapped where I work a few times and it was good. It was grueling. We work a lot. Um, but I knew I wanted to get to a side of like learning how to build instead of investment banking. We're really doing advisory to executives around their M&A and capital raising. So it's a real kind of commoditized business. And I knew I wanted to build and I had the opportunity to join a company called Tarita. At the time, they were acquiring a, a public company. They were private. They're going to go public through the process. They need some help with that. So it was kind of center stage in that tr- process. And they wanted to diversify. The revenue streams, they're a waste company related to oil and gas, but they have other industries. So I knew I wanted to get into something a little bit more diverse. And what happened is, although that was like also a very demanding job, is I got some space and I got some time. I started working from like 90 hours to 50 hours and I just got time to think. And I just thought, maybe this isn't what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um... And maybe I wanted to join a different industry and I learned about the technology industry and I got introduced to the rainforest. And I had a few like formidable experiences in there. Like I watched this documentary called AlphaGo and it like that was like the combination of people and technology is why I'm really interested in technology. I think it's like an extension of human evolution. And um, yeah, just like this is the direction I have to go. So I got this like sequence of events. I was very fortunate that the Evolve U program was starting their first cohort. And I was like, I got to do this. So I quit my job. I did the Evolve U program. And then I just started thinking, okay, what, what are the career possibilities? Um, and I really wanted to focus on how do we make people work better together? Because I was part of environments where I thought we could do a lot more around that. And I also wanted to figure out a role that was transferable to me. And I was very good at the bank at kind of like bringing people together. My boss said I was good at making the elephant dance, um, like a big, large organization, rallying them together to try and align the stakeholders and get deliver something for our clients. And I thought that was a good role in product. And for the last couple of years, I've been working for a company called Actionable, leading product in uh, organizational behavior change space. And that was... That was like a non-traditional pivot. Like they, I just kind of like was networking and reached out and I started by flying out to Toronto and did a design sprint. I was actually a designer before a product manager. And then over the last few months, uh, I actually started getting really interested in more community. There's this community-led growth phenomenon them following on Twitter. And I think it's amazing and have decided to pivot again into a, a kind of a community director role for a company called Rev, and we're building out this emerging leader network. Um, and then with that, I also decided to do on the side, trying to get people together to help them pivot into tech. And you're part of this as well, Al, is this just community to, to support people moving from other roles into tech or innovation roles mostly locally right now, but I think it could be broader than that. And that was really just so many people are reaching out to me. I needed to find a place where I could have more leverage and where people could support each other instead of having like one-on-one calls with advice. So then that initiative has taken off. Al, you're, you know all about it because you're part of it. Um, and we have about 170 people doing that. And it's been a couple weeks and it's, it's, it's really exciting to see kind of people come together and support one another. So that is the history. 
you're practically an expert on career pivoting. You know, this new careers in technology and innovation group that you've put together sort of just exploded out of nothing. One of the reasons I got involved is because I just, who's this Zach Novak guy? And uh, you're friendly and you're super helpful and you're very involved in the industry. And then you just kind of reached out on LinkedIn and said, hey, you know, I'm thinking of doing something like this, who'd be involved. And then just everybody just dove onto your back and said, let's go. And uh, you started this thing up. And I think that it's really a testament to who you are and this desire to be involved in community and get community rallied to do stuff and accomplish things. That's a very cool skill set to have. And you're very good at it for sure. Thank you. With pivoting your career in general, what sort of um, advice do you have for people? Because you don't sound like someone who is really worried or scared or, or, you know, pensive about doing stuff. Like you just kind of went, you know, I'm going to go this way now. You just kind of headed in that direction. Is that, is that valid? I don't think so. I think it's tough. Uh, it's a struggle. Um, and so I was like, my situation was even more advantageous than a lot of people that were trying to support, right? Like I had some savings. I have an amazing partner. She has a healthy job. I have degrees from good universities, um, and even I found it, although you need to kind of figure out your inner why and what's going to motivate you and trust the process, it, it, you, you, you do quite a bit of double takes, right? Um, and you're like, is this the right thing? You go from a place where you have a good salary and you have a good role and you kind of start back in kindergarten and hopefully graduate to grade four, grade five pretty quickly. So there's a lot of soul searching. I have this, this concept and I stole it from Seth Godin of the compass versus the map. And we all look at the map about the next step that we need to go to. And there's this place. So you go to the next place. So you go to high school and then you go to university, then you get your job, then you get your promotion. And that concept is just not self-serving. And whereas you should be looking at the compass of your values and your interests and then you can refer back to it and say, hey, am I going in the right direction, even though maybe I'm not going on that linear line and got some side paths or I'm trying something else. But, you know, you're kind of going to the wards of the north that you need. And there's a lot of soul searching to build out that compass, um, which took me a significant amount of time and I got lots of support doing it. Um, but it's tough. It just it's really tough. Let's let's actually dig into that just a little bit. When you talk about soul searching, so a lot of people might be in a job or looking for a job and have a specific education background or whatever, and they feel like something's not right, or they, they don't feel happy in their job or what have you. How do you go about figuring out where your compass is pointing? The way I did it, so my new job, where I'm, where, where I am moving into is like, oh, we're building another community focused like exactly on that. So I'm essentially right now I'm building the communities I needed three years ago to find like purpose and why and my, how, do, how I want to make an impact as well as trying to understand the technology industry. But I can talk about how I approached it. I went and got help with this. Um, although there was a lot of soul searching on my own is I went and got a coach. His name is Christopher Lawrence. He's great. Um, and he's got a methodology around values, interests, and purpose. And I'd probably add to that skills or strengths. 
And we did a lot of discussion and I did some work on my own to kind of line those things out. What do you value and what do you don't value and what are you interested in and what are you not interested in? And then you kind of got to talk, talk about your current role and what, where the fit is and where the fit isn't. And I, I think doing that on your own is difficult. I do think getting coaching can also be expensive, but if we can build out a way, which kind of tackling now, but it's, it's early days of getting people to peer up and mentor each other through that. That might be a, a more economic way to do it, but you have to do the work and you need the time to think about it and write it down. And then what we did is I just compared that to job postings. I'm like, does this posting, does this feel like the right thing for this? And it just got more clear and more clear. And, you know, like maybe we didn't get it right right off the bat because I, I did a product role. And although I really enjoyed product because I thought my transferable skills was aligning stakeholders, which it was, product has a lot of, at least in a small startup, you have to do a lot of like the nitty gritty attention to detail as well. You got to communicate requirements and, and um, more of the modern product management, the discovery and talking to stakeholders is more what I like to do. But I still, there's still something a little bit missing for me. And that's why I'm thinking community. I like to get people together share stories and share experiences. Um, so it really just comes down to values, interests, skills, and then trying to figure out purpose is a really great TED Talk by Simon Sinek. I'm sure many people listening to this know Simon Sinek, um, but he has that start with why, which he takes the Apple, which Steve Jobs also has a really good speech about their why uh, in marketing. And I, I, I would say if we can put that in the show notes of like watch those two videos and then think about yourself, that's a great place to start. And I'm happy to share those. I actually go back to them probably once a month. Um, I watch both those videos. Yeah, that's great. We'll definitely share those in the show notes. That's so cool. So in this career transition, you're trying different things, I guess, like like even though you know you're spending a good chunk of time in a new career, it's almost like you're still you still have your eyes open and you're still listening to your heart and figuring out whether it's aligned with your why and you're and you're willing to take another leap, which is super brave and courageous. What do you think needs to be in place for you to feel like you found it? Like what would what would that look like for you? Where you're like, yeah, this this is awesome. I am. I am where I'm supposed to be. I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm close. Um, flow, <laughs> flow. I had it, even though it wasn't like. So Dan Pink's got this concept of autonomy, mastery and purpose. You probably are familiar with it. And I think it's one of the best frameworks for career fulfillment. And I think when I was getting to a place in my investment banking career, I was starting to get some autonomy. I was leading projects. I was starting to get some mastery, but I was still losing that purpose. And I think it's really hard to get purpose later, although people do do it. Like as you get better at something, it becomes more purposeful to you. That's totally an avenue, um, but it just wasn't an avenue for me. And then now I kind of shifted and I was like more focused on purpose and actionable. We were really trying to make positive impact in organizations through conversation and habit building was pretty much the crux of it. And I can totally support that. I just was building a product. I wasn't seeing it in action. That's where I think moving into community, I'll be actually like seeing it come to life. 
But if you have those three, right? So if you have purpose and then as you get better, you're not going to have autonomy or mastery um, out of the gate. Now, if you work at a startup like I do, my company's currently 12 people. My company before was 10 people. You kind of have no choice but to have autonomy. It counts on your team and your organization. So I've kind of kept the autonomy, but mastery takes time. And I think once you get autonomy and mastery, you do get to a state of flow. And I did, I haven't yet felt that like I did in my my last days of investment banking, but that was six years of working on average, probably 70 hours a week. So it take, took some time to get there. But that state of flow, you just feel good. And I think that state of flow might be even harder for me, at least in a remote environment. So I work at two remote companies. I actually don't work in the Calgary tech ecosystem. I'm just a supporter of the Calgary tech ecosystem. My previous company was fully remote, but Ontario based. This one is US based. And I think in this remote environment that I get energy off of other people. So finding that flow where work doesn't seem like work. I don't know if I'll get to there, but I think that's kind of the place, but you just come keep coming back to the compass. But when I do work, when I do like in evenings and the weekends doing work on this mm -hmm. careers and tech and innovation community, it doesn't feel like work. So yeah, I think it's just flow for me. But I, if you ask me that question in two years, I'm sure I'm going to give you a different answer. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm looking forward to re reconnecting with people who have been on the podcast uh, in the earlier days and uh, seeing where they're, where are they now? Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe I will be chatting with you again in two years. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about the careers in technology and innovation. What started that? Where did that come from? You know, it really started from this LinkedIn post, right? So one day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to do a post. And the post said, because uh, when I was back in my, in my journey, when I was like, I knew I, knew I had to get into tech. And I didn't know how, and I was kind of looking at jobs on AngelList, and I was seeing all these jobs in Vancouver and Toronto and obviously other places. And there really wasn't many in Calgary other than like MeanStack, MergeStack. I was like, I have no clue what that means. But I looked to my fiance, she wasn't my fiance at the time, but she is today. And I just said, I don't know if I could, I'm going to be able to find this in Calgary. And given all the developments that's happened over the last two and a half years, and at the time I actually uncovered and saw that there was a budding ecosystem, rainforest and others. So that gave me some, some encouragement. Um, but I, I just really felt like there is opportunity here. I think it was the Neo announcement with their $50 million. That was the one I read. And I'm like, I'm just going to do a post about everything that I've seen that's been positive for the community in the last to since since that moment and encourage others to consider thinking about the industry and just at least give it some exposure. And I didn't really expect much of the post, but it got some really high engagement. So I think it's got like 59,000 views and over 700 likes. I've never had anything kind of go viral. I keep trying to build my Twitter audience and I, I'm just not doing a great job of it, but LinkedIn seems to be working now. And then I just got this flood of people wanting to connect with me. So I was actually setting up calls. I actually said in the post, be like, if you want to learn more, direct message me. And I just didn't expect 200 plus people to direct message me. And I did like, I did a full day of back to back, like a nine hour day back to back to give people advice. And that was like 18 people. And I was like, well, I still have 
180 people to go. And I did this like one of the days over the holidays. Uh, and I was like, there's no way, there's no way I can do this. So the first thing I did is I built a resource. So I put this like word document out of like all the things that has the videos that I've talked about earlier, plus more that I found useful in resources, but I was like, I need more. And then I knew other people were having this challenge of people reaching out to them, looking for advice and didn't have enough time. And I knew other people that wanted to contribute, but didn't know. So I was just like, let's kind of put people into a community space. And we're just a Slack form and we just do our meetings over Zoom. And it's a Google Drive where we're putting some resources, but really the resources are just recordings of our sessions. But yeah, it just leverage, like it just provides an ability for me to support more people and us to support each other in a way that we don't have to like fill our calendars full of time because um, we're all busy people trying to do our careers and other things. And it's just really difficult to do one on one conversations and kind of give the same stories and advice. So that was kind of the genesis of it. It's it's amazing when you find something that is in the right zone, how easily it goes, right? You know you're in the right place when things start to get legs on their own. And this this certainly has. I think that people are hungry for advice. People are hungry for mentorship. And I think that a lot of the people who feel some resemblance of success in their lives actually enjoy giving back and being mentors to other people, but not necessarily a one-on-one, -on -one, take you under my wing kind of thing is very time consuming. And in addition to that, you actually benefit from multiple mentors, not just one. So having a community of mentors is really a big deal for people because they can come in and ask questions and then they get a whole bunch of different perspectives. I'm being a little bit um, leading on this because I am part of this community, but how do you feel it's starting to uh, take off? Like, are you happy with the direction it's heading and where do you see it going from here so far? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the, yes, I'm happy. How is it going? But I, I like to think our goal as a community is to help people find fulfilling career. And we're focused on technology and innovation because that's the industry I know, and I think it's a budding industry in the current ecosystem that we're in. But, and so the way I, I would measure success is how many people successfully pivot and find fulfilling career, not just a job in tech, but hopefully a fulfilling job. And that's a journey. I'm not saying it's going to be people's first job. The main goal as me, as someone that was the catalyst of it, I do this other event. It's called Cancer Crusher. It's a charity series. We raise money for... Uh, Alberta cancer charities we did for the Alberta Cancer Foundation. Now, now we do it for kids cancer and it's been on hiatus, but because of COVID. But the the one thing that I, I never crack the net on there is it becoming a self organizing community, which is like this utopian state and community, where if you stepped away and you removed yourself, the community just keeps going and thriving, and it just evolves into what it needs to be. And that's really my goal and I, I i don't know what the next thing looks like other than we need to listen to our members we need to get feedback from them and hopefully leaders emerge and it gets to a place where me as someone that started it really doesn't need to be a part of it it's it's something on its own and i think that's the, the case with like rainforest and then 
eventually we'll have to get to some sustainable business model. But I think there's some elements that we're still missing. The accountability, the mentorship, the vulnerability. I think those are all things that will grow as people get more comfortable and as we learn how to do those things. And we're also all doing this for free at the moment. We, If we really do want to do bigger initiatives, we'll have to figure out some sort of sustainable way. But I think at the moment, we're all willing to do, do it for free. So it really just comes down to being less about what I think it should be and more about what the community needs and what the community wants it to be. That's great. I'm kind of giggling to myself because I can't help but think of uh, Monty Python, The Life of Brian, where he's telling everybody, you're all individuals, you can do this. And they're all like, we're all individuals, we can do this. And they just keep following him around. And he's like, leave me alone, you guys, just go do this yourselves. Too funny. But uh, no, I think it's absolutely fantastic that you're just one of these people who sits there and says, well, I think this is, this is a good idea. This will help people. And then you just go and do it. When we talk in, in the rainforest all the time about little L leaders versus big L leaders, I mean, the, the big L leaders are, are the obvious ones that we know, the, the founders of the rainforest, the people that have started massive companies and political leaders and all that. But there's the little L leaders, which, which are people who literally just see something that needs to happen and they actually put their hat in and say, here, let's, let's get this going. And you're definitely one of those leaders in, in the rainforest. And, and we, we think it's awesome. And I'm just speaking, I guess, uh, on behalf of Calgary when I say, you know, having someone like you who's willing to just do stuff, just think, hey, here's a good idea and let's just do that you know, you deserve a pat on the back for that, for sure. And I think that you're a great representative of what the rainforest is all about. This is what people should do. People should say, here's a good idea. Let's, let's take the ball and run with it. Instead of being an armchair quarterback and saying, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this. Okay, good. Let's, let's do this. You, you lead it and take it and run with it. And people will, will join on. And some of the initiatives will get legs and work, uh, like the podcast and like your new uh, careers in technology and innovation group. But then other things, you know, we try them and they don't necessarily work out, but you have to try and you learn from failures and you learn from successes and everything just kind of flows, but it has to start somewhere and it doesn't start until somebody's willing to get going on it. So maybe I'll give you a second to, to comment on that. Oh, I have so much to say to that, but I'll try to make it very brief. Uh, my definition of leadership, because we're actually building an emerging leader community. And I think, you know, it can be leadership. We did a session just recently, our community. I say that out because I think you said your community to me. And I really think it's our community. The, um, and we asked, what is technology? This definition, right? And instead of defining it, we, as a group, and you're one one of the leaders in that structure is we, we put it to the group of what tech is. And it's, that's such a hard thing to define. I think leadership is similar. It's very hard to define, but in my mind, it is someone that's trying to make a positive impact by empowering others. And I do like the concept of trying to lead from behind, although you're leading from ahead, but you're trying to push people into leadership positions and empower them instead of manage them. And then the other thing on failure, um, I couldn't agree more. I had this concept that I worked with, or at least shared originally with Larry at Evolve View, and it's this concept of the circle of competence. And I don't think this is like a, I stole, stole it from someone on Twitter, but 
at the end of the day, if you have your circle of confidence, competence, you need to be on the edge of that circle for that circle to grow and therefore you're failing. But if you are, if you're in the middle of your circle, your circle doesn't grow, but you're comfortable. Um, so you have to fail in order to grow the circle. So I, I, I agree with everything you said, but those are some of the ways I think about it. That's awesome. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. And one thing I wanted to uh, bring up because you're, you're such a, a great networker in the, uh, in the industry. What do you think uh, is the, the, the huge value behind building your, your personal network, your, your business network? Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Back to career pivoting. What, I, what most people do with career pivoting is they get reskilled and they apply to jobs. And it's not the right approach in my, my, my opinion. And it's not how I approach it. And we all approach it. Like we've all applied to jobs. I don't know anyone that's ever got the apply. It starts with discovery. Like we talked about the compass. But it really does start with the next thing is the relationship building. And the, the, those go hand in hand with that networking. And the networking cannot be a relationship building, cannot be underestimated. It is the most important bit. Like I like to call it three concepts. It's your why relationship building and how do you market your transferable skills. The relationship building actually is the most important part because it actually helps you with your why and your transferable skills. And when you're networking, you're not asking for a job, you're building a relationship. And as you learn more people in the community and you get deeper into a thing, let's say I'm interested in product, I'm talking to different product managers. When I'm starting to network with them or relationship build, I say, hey, I see this company does it this way or that company does it this way. Or we talked about this in class. How does your company do it? Oh, you're working on this? Oh, I talked to someone recently. They were doing something similar. Do you, can I connect to you? And I think that 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 deeper dive of just really trying to understand the, their craft and the craft that you're trying to get into will make your networking sessions much better than just kind of asking, hey, how would I get into this job? And secondly, starting to connect the people that you're connecting into may not be helpful for your first job, but will be helpful with your second or third job or help you start a community uh, like I did. And I challenge anyone that is trying to, maybe the challenge isn't the right word, but I encourage one a day, one a day, Monday to Friday, every single day. Uh, if you're trying to pivot, you need to talk to one person a day about the industry and get to know more about it and build that relationship. And then you send your thank you email and then six or eight weeks later, you just send them a note saying, I really appreciate the chat. This is the thing that I took away from it. This is the thing I've been working on. I just really want to thank you. And they'll remember you. And if you do not do that, you don't have to do it perfectly. You get better every time. But if you do not do the relationship building component, it's so hard. And all three times that I've really swapped careers, I went from investment banking into corporate, and then I went into product, and then I went into community. I, I told the world what I wanted. I was like, this is what I'm thinking about. This is why. And I just started talking to as many people I could about it. And they start pointing you in the right direction. Like in this recent pivot, although I had more experience and I was probably a pretty good candidate, I had more than one offer. I had about four different people wanting me to join them in different initiatives. 
And that's because I was really focused on community and I was really focused on how we bring people together. And people started pointing me to the right people. It was very focused. Um, so that, that's my big piece of advice. The other thing I say, I've, I've, I work in a remote environment. And I think also you don't need to look just at Calgary companies, although I'm super supportive. Remote's certainly a thing. So I would not, if you don't see the company that you're looking for, it's the project that you're looking for, you can look globally. So I just wanted to make sure that I said that because that's probably the biggest piece of advice, particularly the relationship building component that I give people. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to pivot, just think about who are the people that are, you know, that are in the industry. Think about who are the people that you know that know the most people. And you can just ask them because there's these super circles like Al is a super circle and he will know people. But you have to ask you have to tell Al specifically what you're looking for so he can give you the right people and then try to find people with similar backgrounds. Maybe you're an immigrant. Maybe you pivot from oil and gas into tech. Find people that have similar stories and they're willing to relate. And when you reach out, just say, my name is this. I'm reaching out to you about this because I want to talk about this. I really appreciate your time, but I totally get it if you don't have the time. And I do that on LinkedIn, that exact model. I'm like 98% effective on it. So I encourage maybe find an accountability buddy. Be like, we're going to do this. We're going to do five a week. You're going to do five a week. Check into each other at the end of the week. But it's the most important part. And I think I know you, Al, Evolve You is pushing that more now, but it was not pushed when I was part of it. And I think a lot of people get in these skills training programs and work in a corner and you got to get out there and market yourself. So that was a little bit of a monologue, but I just wanted to make sure to share that. Wow. I'm really glad that you put that out there, Zach. I think you're definitely a flagship leader on how to properly build your network and, and the value behind that. So I'm really, really glad that you said all that. I think as we wind this episode down, I just want to say thank you to you for, for doing all that you do. I know you're very modest and you definitely uh, want everyone to grow and achieve and build community and everybody uh, get where they want to be. But it does take people like you to, to kick that off and show people how it's done. So pat on the back for you, Zach, for, for all that you do. Yeah, thank you, Al. You're, you're, you are a leader and have led me through my journey and always have been willing to bounce ideas or support me every single time I've reached out, even though we become closer over time, but we were strangers at the beginning. You were always willing to take the time. And I know a lot of people reach out to you. And then lastly, if anyone wants to join our community that Al and I and others are part of, if you're looking to try and get into tech and you don't know where to start, if you're part of your journey and you're looking for some support, if you're just trying to understand the ecosystem and the careers and how to make that pivot or looking for support, reach out to Al or reach out to me. We don't have a site yet, but we can point you in the right direction. And then if you're someone in tech that wants to help people um, with that pivot, also reach out because we're looking for people like that. But the big difference between Rainforest and our community is we are really dedicated to people making that pivot, where I think Rainforest is like this parent organization that's really the quarterback of all these amazing initiatives. So yeah, if you're hearing this today and you're saying, how can I get involved? reach out to us. And then thank you, Al, so much for having me. I've never done a podcast before. And it was pretty cool. Maybe I'll do it again. Maybe I can come in as a host because I think I, there's some people I know that would have some cool things to say as well. But um, that would be yeah. fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this initiative. 
as you're here I am talking about you're giving me praise for the initiatives I do but (laughs) there's no better example than you Al as someone that's um really been a significant contributor to the the rainforest initiative and the overall Calgary ecosystem thanks Zach I appreciate that All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, We are uh, here every week launching our shows on Tuesday mornings. If you'd like to be a guest or a host of the show, please reach out rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks everyone. Cheers. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage. Inspire. Educate. Together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.